Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another podcast of It's a Godly Disruption. Hey. Today, I have another guest with me. It's my second guest on the podcast. Uh, it's someone really close to me. I consider a really close friend of mine. We've known each other for about eight years. Um, I remember when she first came to the walks of God. And I'm really excited about this one. We're going to talk about her testimony. Um, and later on in the podcast, we're going to speak about a topic where a lot is very controversial and a lot of people have a lot of opinions. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about abortion. So stay tuned. Continue on the whole podcast. And she's a mom. She's um, a nurse. What was what yeah, was it that you want? Registered nurse. A registered nurse. <laughs> Got to make sure I say that. You study she's, hard for it. Yeah, she's a registered nurse. Um, she's a mom. Um, I think she's a woman of God, and yeah. she's an actor as well. And I know that this is the this is only the beginning of what God is gonna do through her life. So I'm gonna present Amen. to you Francesca Valdez. Hi. Super excited to have you. That was such a nice introduction. It was. <laughs> well, Thank I'm you. super excited to have you. Thank um, you. We've been planning this for for a little bit of mm -hmm. having you on here. Yeah. Um, I remember we went to a, a prison a couple years ago. Yeah. For those who don't know, we used to go to a, a prison to evangelize, to speak yeah. about Christ, to share the love of God to the people who were there. Yeah. And in this specific prison, we went to an all an all girls prison. Yeah. And we just saw the love of God pour out. But one of the things that really caught my attention is that I told you that day. I'm like, look, mm -hmm. share a word, share something that you feel. Yeah. And <laughs> that's one of the testimony. first times that I really heard in detail a lot of your testimony. Yeah. And I was like, I was sitting there. I was shocked hearing a lot of things and just at the end of the day, how good God is. Yeah. Because, Amen. you know, seeing you from the outside, I was like, no way you could yeah. have gone through everything <laughs> you went through. Yeah. And, you know, you're just a walking testimony of the love mm -hmm. of God, I believe. Amen. So oh. I want to I want to give it to you and and, and share what yeah. what you feel. Um, sure. just want you to maybe share a little bit about your background and mm -hmm. how you came to Christ. But before how you came to it, what was your journey like before that? Yeah. Oh, um, so I'm first generation. My parents are immigrants here. Um, and I I think them trying to find their identity here, uh, us trying to find our identity, I think that's what caused so much disruption in my walk before going to the Lord. Um, I lost my virginity when I was very young. I just kind of it just seems like life as it went on got darker and darker. My parents got divorced um, and there were just a lot of a lot of things that we weren't taught growing up. Um, my mom was always very faithful in her walk with God. But one thing I learned before coming to God, um, he can't be shoved in your face. It has to be an encounter. And with everything that I went through, I I learned that the hard way. <laughs> So, you know, I struggled with addictions. Um, I had a lot of lust and, you know, I, I guess people call it daddy issues nowadays. That's a very common term. Um, but there were so many things within me that I didn't understand. And the way that I dealt with it was through drugs and wow. through sleeping around. Um, I many times uh, attempted suicide. Um, would turn to cocaine and smoking. Uh, I started smoking when I was 13 wow. and cocaine followed shortly after that. Um, so many things that my parents were not aware of because I didn't feel like I had someone I could go and talk to because right. there was so much I felt empty and dark within me and it just built to like, who can love me? Who can love someone like this? And my addictions were tough. Um, I didn't know how to get away from it. And instead of looking towards a path of healing, I just snorted it or smoked oh. it or slept with people through it. And it never got any better after that. Um, I had an incident when I believe when I was like 16, uh, I had a went to a family party. Um, I drank quite a bit. And then by the time I was pretty drunk, I then was 
given drinks by other people. I didn't know what was in it. I didn't know what was mixed in it. And I just got progressively worse, more and more drunk throughout the night to the point where um, certain interactions happened with members of distant family, I guess I would say. Uh, things happened that night that I should not have gone through, wow. that no woman should ever have to go through. Um, because I was so under the influence that I really only remember that night in flashes. And I, I just remember at one point my mom woke up and I was scrubbing the bathroom floor because I just kept telling myself something's really dirty and I have to get it out. I have wow. to get it off. And it was me after that experience. And I struggled with it because I was like, do I call it what it is? Is it not this? Am I, is nobody going to believe me? Am I just going to be seen as a victim? Um, but it was tough. And then, you know, just experiences like that, always partying. Um, my mom went through a very difficult situation that I was then blamed for as well because I was such a huge party girl. I had so much anger within me. It was explosive. I didn't know how to channel that anger. I didn't know where it came from, but it was it consumed my life. Um, so because of that, I was very divided in my family. I didn't get along with my siblings. I spoke down to my siblings, spoke down to my family. I didn't really know what true compassionate love was. We didn't know how to speak to each other. Um, and a lot of those dark and empty places, I just filled with what I thought I could fill it with. Mm -hmm. um, and then shortly after, I was in a very tumultuous relationship. Um, we were very active, to say the least, uh, to put it in plain terms. Um, and we, you know, I ended up getting pregnant. And wow. through that pregnancy, I, you know, I found out early on, um, but I was constantly told growing up, you know, you come from a strict religious family at, and, and what you hear is not good. You know, if you end up pregnant, you're going to end up on the street or, you know, I thought to myself, what life can I give this, right. this child? Um, and I was just so very lost. I didn't, you know, I had no one to kind of talk to me through it. And I panicked and I ran and I, and I got an abortion. Um, and that's something that I hold with me till today. And that happened 10 years ago. And I, I still hold on to it. Um, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I was also a cutter. That's to put it in plain terms. Mm -hmm. I don't like using that term. I heard it one time when I was getting my wisdom teeth removed. They look at my arm and they're like, oh, are you a cutter? Wow. And I was like, uh, you know, I didn't even know what to say, but then wow. they numbed me. So I didn't say anything after, but I still have the scars on my arm. And sometimes people are like, why don't you remove them? Why, why would I remove them? They're, they're a symbol to me of what I went through, where God took me out of. Um, but I would also do that just to release pain. I didn't feel any pain whatsoever. I mean, I, I went through situations where I felt like, you know, moments where I was taken advantage of sexually, um, I didn't know how to deal with that. And I dealt with that through drinking and partying and trying to run away, but never really running away because I was never really facing the problem and trying to find a solution for it, never really finding healing. Um, so, yeah, it was wow. <laughs> very tumultuous. No, wow. That's that's crazy. Um, I remember when I was hearing this testimony of yours and... yeah. Um, hearing what you went through you just can't imagine like you no one could tell like i wouldn't have pictured that yeah or imagined that um in what moment or is there a specific moment throughout that where maybe you experienced uh god yeah. or in those moments you ever questioned where was your faith in those moments i was by the time i by the time i was reaching god I was close to becoming an atheist because wow. of everything that I went through. Um, you know, I constantly questioned him, like, how does, how, how was I able to go through this? And someone didn't help me. Someone didn't reach out. Like, so God can't exist through that. And, um, I, I went through a, I went to a conference, but before the conference, even now knowing who the Holy spirit is and knowing who God is, there were so many moments I always say 
that the Holy Spirit knew me before I knew the Holy Spirit, because now that I know what he feels like, I would feel that when in those dark years at times, Mm -hmm. I would just randomly start crying. But it was a crying that came from like kind of I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It It's like somebody was trying to talk to me and it felt like a like a soft caring like I love you tone but I couldn't give into it because mm. sorry mm. I couldn't give into it because I was so lost and I remember feeling such deep emptiness but in those moments I felt every once in a while like what is that what is why am I feeling this way why am I crying and then when I came to the Lord I knew and it was the Holy Spirit and I wow. went to a conference my mom invited me I mean my mom was my mom has been persistent mm-hmm. in trying to bring us to God um her whole life our whole lives and this is a woman who has gone through hell and back herself and has such an inspiring story mm-hmm. um so when she she invited me one day she was like do you want to go to Florida uh pay I'll pay it and I was like oh my god but wait, because you know how our parents are. What do you right. mean a free free trip to Florida? Right. What are the strings? Something's attached to this. She was like, I'll pay for what, like a, a week or two. Um, but I want you to go to this conference. And I was like, like a like a Jesus conference. Like, we're, yeah, like we're like a God conference. And she yeah. was like, yeah, it's only two days whatever she wore me down convincing me i was like whatever it's just two days and i'll be there for two weeks and i hit up one of my friends and that he was gonna pick me up at the airport you know and we were gonna hang out uh-huh. hang out and i was uh uh but god slowly started putting things into place and the flight got delayed my friend couldn't pick me up wow. i ended up having to take an uber to i think our hotel um I can't remember if I was like, I, w- I went with my cousin and, and we went to this conference and my life just was never the same afterwards. I mean, I went in and even after the first day, I was in awe of how much healing comes from a true encounter with God. And after the second day, my life was never the same. I never, never looked back. Was there an instant in the conference where you knew like this was it, like God is doing something in my life or was it just throughout like next thing you know you're like whoa what happened to it me? just yeah it just kept building right. to the point where two days later i was like oh my god i just felt lighter i felt like all of that pain and emptiness that i went through was gone and mm-hmm. he like filled those voids mm-hmm. and i i got to meet so many young people i'd never wow. seen this many young people and i think that's what it was i was yeah. like this many young people are talking about Jesus, are talking about God in this way. And it was in a way where it wasn't like everybody came as they were, you know, like it, it's not, you got to wear these, you know, sorry to be controversial, mm-hmm. but I don't have to like dress a certain way or right. talk a certain way or walk a certain way to be accepted because that's why earlier on I was never, that's why I never, uh, like, you know, they were religious churches that were constantly judging me. So exactly. I never accepted yeah. them because I was like, why this is i don't want that god yeah i have to like what and then i went to this conference saw these young people on fire mm-hmm. i mean worshiping praising talking like speaking in tongues like all of these powerful i was like i was just in awe i was yeah. in awe that this many young people existed <laughs> that are lifting his name up right. and that saw me and my transgressions and didn't push me away because of it, but accepted me more because yeah. of it and prayed for me and lifted up my arms. I was like, I want to be a part of this army. Yeah. And I also didn't feel the emptiness anymore. And I was like, I don't want to go back there. Right. And I think that's one of the main reasons why um, I started this podcast Yeah. was that there's not many of us young people yeah. out there really sharing their faith, Yeah. you know, and, and it's not something, especially because as young people, no one can fool us. For real. You yeah. know, like we can call it when it's <laughs> fake. We're the first ones to Absolutely. be like, nah, this is fake. This is not yeah. real. But it's like when you actually experience the Lord for himself. Yes. Everything changes. Yeah. And something that I asked you, and I think it's so key because there's people who have encounters with God in an instant. Something happened to them. Yeah. Some people have visions. Other people just a word or some people heard the audible voice of God, like so many encounters, yeah, right? Like God absolutely. is sovereign. Yeah. He does how he wants. Absolutely. And there's some people like, like you, for an instance, where it was, it wasn't maybe a specific moment, but it was just as those Tuesdays went on, those yeah. two days went on, God was doing something in you. Yeah. And 
that's why I want to encourage people who may be listening to this podcast, watching us right now. And it's like many of us were waiting for an angel to come down. We're waiting for Jesus to physically come down and change us. Right. And some people have amazing visitations. Yeah. But other people, it's like us where it's just like, just give yourself to God. Yeah. You know, there's not one recipe. Yeah. It's not one way. I, I always say this. I think I've mentioned this in other podcasts. It's like day by day, we feel like nothing changes. Yeah. But when you look back, yes. everything's changed. Yes, that's you know? good. Yeah. And I think that happens with us with God, too. It's like, yeah, continue praying. Yes. Continue reading the word of God. Yeah. Continue going to church and watch day by day. You might feel like nothing is changing in your life. But when mm-hmm. you look back, I promise you. Yeah. So much has changed. Things are going to change in your life. Yeah. Suddenly, you don't got to be looking for that drug to satisfy you. Yeah. You know, yeah. next thing you know, because so many people, it's like, I got to be perfect to come to God. I got to yes. be ready. Yeah. Like, I got to make sure I'm dressed good. Yeah. Or I got to make sure I figure myself out first and then I'll come to God when it's like, yeah, we can't figure ourselves out. Yeah. There's no set of rules. Yeah. There's not like a doctrine. There's not policies or procedures. Yeah. It's I mean, not like that. Religion to me says, do this, do that. Yes. And maybe you'll go to heaven. Right. Yeah. But I believe that Jesus on the cross, he said, it is done. It is Absolutely. finished. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like what you went through, what you're going through, it's done. It's finished. Mm -hmm. Like I took the pain for you. I took your infirmity. I took your depression. Yeah. Just you just got to come to me. Yeah. And then and it's even when you come to him, Mm -hmm. it's not like life is perfect after that because it's again, like you said, we don't have to be perfect people to come to Christ. And at the same time, when we do come to Christ, we're still not perfect, but exactly. we have Christ. Yes. Like I was, I was meditating on this with the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the things that he, like just an imagery that he gave me is that life is like being on this ship and it's being on a ship in uncharted waters, unknown waters, and you don't know what's coming in 20, 30, 40 miles. But when you have God, he is the one who is anchoring your ship. He is the one who created your ship. He created the waters that you're on. So there's no need to fear what's coming in 20, 30, 40 miles. He's guiding it. He's leading it. You're anchored in it. And I think for me, someone that has struggled with addictions in the past and depression in the past, anxiety, guilt, I mean, everything, uh, lust. It's not like when I came to God at 20 years old, it wasn't like things were perfect after that. I still went through difficulties. I still slid back. I still had moments where I did give into my addictions again. Right. And it was very easy for, I think it's very easy, especially when you come from a religious background for to know that people are going to point fingers at you and be like, wow, that person was serving God for three, yeah. four years. And now you see them when what we're called to do as brothers in Christ, well, brother and sister mm-hmm. in Christ is to watch for each other is like, and I'm grateful for this friendship that we have. Like, mm-hmm. I think that when I, when I first met you, I don't think we even realized we were going to be friends for right. eight years later, yeah. <laughs> but I'm grateful for it because we have been an example or you've been an example, our friendship has been an example to me of God, of how a godly relationship friendship should go. Because anytime that I've been slipping, you've been there to check me. Mm -hmm. Or anytime that I've seen you slipping, I'm like, whoa, Jimmy, you know, and we're mature enough spiritually to be able to say that to each other and not get offended. But it's, it's very important to know that when you come to Christ, it's not a perfect walk after that. Can I read this verse? So another uh, verse that, um, that Christ was, you know, the Holy Spirit was putting on my heart is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Apostle Paul, love him. Apostle Paul says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. And it says um, they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose that's key with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. That's important because we have to crucify our flesh every single day as a Christian. It's right. not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, he says, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And what he's saying there is I also need to practice what I preach because if I'm telling you this, but outside of here, I'm not practicing this. I'm not living my life daily with Christ. 
I might also be disqualified in this race. And it just means I might slide back. So I have to check myself yeah. constantly. And that's what are, it's a marathon. It's and this isn't something that I knew when I first came to Christ. Right. I had to slide. Mm -hmm. I slid back. I failed. I disappointed God. But even as a mother now, how many times do I know that my son is going to disappoint me and I'm going to disappoint him? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I'll ever stop loving him. Wow, there you that go. doesn't mean my relationship with him is over. Yeah. I'll never cast him out. He's my son. Yeah. I, you know, I sacrifice for him every day mm -hmm. and I, I'll never forsake him. You know, God willing. Yeah. God is the orchestrator of, of all things, but as long as he guides my ship, I'm, I'm, yeah. You know. And in first Corinthians 10, 12, I was just looking this up because while yeah. you were speaking, yeah. this Bible verse came to me. It says, yeah. therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands, take heed lest he falls. Yes. You know, and it's like sometimes after every victory or sometimes in our walk with Christ, yeah. we think we're in the top of the mountain. Yeah. And those are the moments where we got to be careful mm -hmm. that, you know, there, don't let anyone say I'm strong. Don't let anyone say like I I'm up top because we have to make sure yeah. that we don't fall. Right. And the thing that I, I think it's so uh, beautiful what you said about you know now with now being a, a mom yeah. and how you see your your son. It's like many of us we think that because we fall, God has disappointed us. God yeah. is disappointed in us. Yeah. He doesn't love us anymore. Yeah. He's quick to judge me. You know and there is partial truth in that in the sense of like we do have to live a crucified life yes right and we have to deny ourselves mm -hmm. take up our cross and but what that means is putting our desires away of what the world wants and it's yeah. and i decide to choose now what god wants yeah right but in the midst of that if you fall get back up again yeah you know yeah. like don't Feel ashamed. Absolutely. Don't let condemnation come into your heart and yeah. into your mind because that's the number one thing the devil likes to do. Yeah. It's after you fall, he is the first one to point at you and be like, hi, yes. you see? Yes. Aren't you a Christian? Yeah. Weren't you just preaching? Yeah. Weren't you just posting on Instagram? Like, doesn't your bio say believer of Christ? Yeah. And now you fell? Like, yeah. You know, and it's that's condemnation. The voice of God Absolutely. never comes to bring doubt right. nor sadness into our lives. Yeah. You know? That's and good. And you throughout this walk, um, what can an advice someone that maybe is struggling in their faith right now or yeah. maybe someone is watching us right now that or listening to us that let's talk about two people right now. One who wants to come to Christ, doesn't know about the Lord, you know, and wants to get close to him. Like, what can you share from your experience on that? So number one is what do you have to lose? Um, it's kind of like if you move somewhere new and you just say, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try something new, at least for a year. Just try, try something new. What do you have to lose? When I, part of me coming to Christ meant having to shed old friendships, meant having to shed people that would constantly remind me of who I really wasn't, mm -hmm. but they thought that's who I was because they were seeing me in this dark place and seeing me, you know, through the drugs. And But you're such a party girl. This isn't you. What are you talking about going to church? I had to shed all of that. Mm. And you have nothing to lose. It's it's a journey of healing, of constant healing. Um, and the closer we come to God, the closer we come to our identity, the closer we come to who we are, what he created us to do. And it's not a perfect walk by any means. But life in and of itself is a very difficult and dark world without having God in it. Yeah. And having him is is much better on this side. I'll tell you yeah. that. <laughs> you, well, you were saying that um, to be funny here. Um, there is a movie, that, one of my favorite movies, one uh -huh. of the, my favorite movies to watch is Transformers, believe it or not. Yeah. Love that movie. No, I know. You get really excited. Right? <laughs> I, I, I like Michael Bay, the director, everything. And he, the one of the lines that were said in the movie oh, was... When they were trying to kick them out, like the the um, the Autobots and all these things, yeah. and the army was fighting. It's funny because the guy was like, um, what happens if you're wrong and we're right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I always tell that to people who want to come close to God. It's like, because you're like, what if, what if hell's not real? What yeah. if heaven's not real? I'm like, don't wait to then find out. don't wait to find out. Yeah. Because... If it is real, and I know it's real, yeah, you know, it's gonna be too late. Yeah, 
you know, we have an opportunity right now that we're alive yes. Yes. to make decisions. Yeah. Like the decisions we make now are going to determine our future. Mm -hmm. And right now you have the ability to make a decision to follow Christ. Yeah. And have your life completely changed. Absolutely. Or continue to walk in a life without God. Yeah. And continue failing a life or just get to a point of just discouragement. Like I never want to yeah. wait till I'm older to experience God. I'm young now. Yeah. The Bible says, give your youth to God. Yeah. You know, why not give it to God now that I'm healthy? I'm yeah. young. I got strength to be able to tell people about God. And I think my biggest motivation is if God did it for me, if God did yeah. it for you, yeah. God can do it for anyone else watching us. Yeah. And I sometimes I say, like, I wish I knew God in this way when I was younger. But God always has a purpose and a plan. Yeah. And it was it was an encounter that was orchestrated by God at the time it needed to be. Because who knows if it was earlier you know, I could have fallen deeper yeah. afterwards, yeah. but God has the perfect timing. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think so. Yeah. yeah. God, there's a famous saying that it says everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And it's, it's really difficult to think these things when we're actually going through stuff. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah. because we're like, what's my reason? Yeah. Sometimes the reason we don't get it till years later. Yes. Literally. Sometimes the answer comes in maybe a week later, a yeah. day later, but sometimes things don't happen till much later. Yeah. Like there's things in my life that I'm realizing right now that I'm like, yes. whoa, I get why this happened. Yes. No. And, and I'm at the part where I'm like, God, I don't know what you're doing, yeah. but I know that I'm anchored in yeah. you. So I know that wherever you're taking me, I'm just faithful in your plan, oh. but I'm not trying to get anxious. I'm not trying yes. to be like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen tomorrow yeah. when God has brought me this far right. and he's prepared me. Yeah. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Yes. You know, I believe that God orders our steps. Yeah. You know, and sometimes because of our lack of obedience. Yeah. And because our, you know, our disobedience and not just wanting to follow God. Sometimes we take a detour. Yeah. But God is so beautiful that in that detour, he makes a path still. Yes. Yes. That's you so know? good. He makes a path It's happened us. in my life. Yeah. Seen There's it. moments that I've messed up. Yeah. I've done things I shouldn't have done. But god's goodness and god's love is found in that that it yes. brings me to the like he always finds a way and yeah that happened to me and i think something so key when you were sharing your testimony was like if you're watching us if you got a praying mom or a praying dad just surrender to god right now because yeah. like yeah god's gonna be after you i Absolutely. remember in the in the midst of my in the midst of my of my problems yeah at the end of the night everywhere i looked it was god yeah you know yeah. Yeah. It, at, it, the, when I would look to the left, he was there. Yes. When I looked to the right, he was there. Yeah. When I looked forward, he was there. And when I looked back, he was there even more. Yeah. It was like, you can run. But yeah, you can't hide. I'm right here. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Yeah. So um, how about those people that are watching us that are battling in their walk right now? You know? Yeah, I... I think maybe you want to share uh, in your testimony what happened, you know, now with... Yeah. Um, you're a mom now. Yeah. You know, yeah. to a beautiful baby Dean, baby yeah. boy Dean, you know, <laughs> my um, world. yeah, maybe you want to yeah. share something. I mean, from 20, from accepting God at 20 years old to now, I'm 28 now. Okay. <sighs> Time flies. <laughs> uh, I'm 28 now, but I have definitely in that walk with God have slid right. and I struggled and I still struggle sometimes, but it's. One thing that has been very key and that has been very present, a word that has been very present in my prayer life lately has just been recognizing that the farther I stray from God, the farther I'm straying from my identity because wow. we were made in his image and likeness. And that's in the very beginning. You don't got to get that far into Genesis to find <laughs> that out. We're made in his image and likeness. So the farther away from God I go, meaning lack of prayer, lack of communion with him, the farther away I go from him, the more I'm going to get lost because I'm getting farther away from who I am, yeah. who, cre who created me to be. And when I'm in that communion and I'm in that prayer, I'm getting closer to not being lost. I'm getting closer to knowing who I am knowing why I'm here, what my purpose is, what my call is. And it's not easy. So there are mornings where I wake up and I don't want to pray. But this is where crucifying our flesh comes in. This is where Apostle Paul talks about perseverance and discipline because we're running a race. And that doesn't mean that every single day is going to be peaches and roses and we're going to get up and it's, oh my God, look at me. I'm spending two hours in the presence of God today and I'm fasting and this is great. No, some days really are not it right for lack of a better word it, they're just not it sometimes but even when i have not wanted 
to pray. And I pray I have breakthroughs in my day, most on those days and on days where it's easy. It's easy, right. When it's hard, yeah. I see God yeah. like so vividly yeah. and so tangible, especially in my job, because it's being a nurse for all the nurses out there. This is very hard. And being a single mom is very hard. Being a single mom and a registered nurse is very hard. And then trying to balance my dreams and goals to to let my son know that he can also follow his dreams and goals. Because right. I had so many people before before I had him that spoke against a lot of my goals and spoke against um, just a lot of what was going on in the moment and the time. Um, just recognizing that God was at the center of all of it. Yes. And it's hard, but with him, it's not impossible. Right. Things get easier. Yeah. With him. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think we got to get to a point that I think as human beings, yeah, because of our sinful nature, yeah, we just, we tend to always leave God for last. Yes. You know, we tend to just, yeah, like put him on the back burner, put yeah. him as, as that book in the library that's filled with dust that you don't want to get out. Yeah. And, it, and that's the thing that I always tell people just, just come to God. Simple. Yeah. Come to him. Religion has taught you. You got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah. And it's like, no, Jesus, Jesus said, come like, look at Peter. Peter denied Jesus three yeah. times. And then at the end, what happened to him? Yes. And he how was, many? Mm -hmm. Sorry. No. Yeah. No, no, no. He was the first one that then preached to the yes. Gentiles. He was the head of the church. Yeah. Pretty much. So it's like, you know, we think sometimes that just because we're not, we're not right. We're, we're struggling. Can't come yeah. to Christ. It's like, yeah. just come. This is how, this is literally what the gospels were yeah. this is literally what jesus said to the yeah. pharisees he said i came for the sinners and he was sitting and eating with everyone that was despised prostitutes tax tax collectors just like all of these people and that's i love that you bring that up because i say it all the time it's like you can't judge you know it's like it's kind of like you obviously do have to be careful when you're walking with God to be careful who you surround yourself 100%. with because you don't want it to affect your calling, your purpose. Yes. But these are the people we were called to bring out. Actually, now that I say that, um, the verse before the one that I read in 1 Corinthians 9, 22, he says, when I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, he says, yes, I try to find common grounds with everyone doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings that's like that's what it is we're mm -hmm. finding common ground yeah i'm not gonna not go where people are needed the most like where love and 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 all of this is needed the most yeah. just because oh no i'm with the lord now i i can't be yeah. there no yeah. jesus walked with he humbled himself yeah. he walked with sinners but he did it in a way to edify them and teach them yes. and, and love on them yes which is so important yeah and i think that that is such a key verse, what you just read. Yeah. And, you know, um, there's people, I know that a lot of people sometimes when, you know, they think that once you come to Christ, you can't talk to anybody. And it's like, no, Jesus sat with the sinner. Jesus sat with the tax collectors. Yeah. Jesus sat with those that the church didn't want to sit with. Yeah. The only difference was Jesus didn't become them. Exactly. You know? I mean, what do you, like, if we turned off all the lights here, what do we need to yeah. see each other? Yeah. We need light. Yeah. And we go into these dark places and these dark places sometimes are people, but it's, we need to remember that we are bringing light yes. and remember to hold on to the light. And yeah. that's where we don't become the darkness yes. because as long as we are firm and anchored, like I said earlier, yeah. anchored in the light, then as mm -hmm. long as I'm holding on to a light bulb, like a lantern or something, mm -hmm. as long as my hands are firm on that, no matter what dark place I go into, I will always be bringing yeah. light. And that's where it's at. I mean, yeah. I know because I've stumbled and yeah. I've stumbled into that dark place again because yeah. I wasn't holding on to my lantern. Right. But as long as I have oil always for my lantern, wow. that light will always burn yes. and I will always be light in darkness. Yes. And, and I just feel led to share this too. It's like yeah. there's some people that when they come to Christ, the first thing you got to do is maybe clean up your inner circle right yeah. um whether you want to or not it's gonna yeah, happen it's gonna happen because oh, yeah. <laughs> people are not always gonna agree with what you believe in no. you know people are always telling me is like i want the old jimmy back like what yeah. happened to the old jimmy and i'm yeah. like you know and at those times when i would hear that like sometimes the enemy will minister to me and be like yeah like be fun it's okay to be cool and it's like the thing is that when like apostle paul said like 
everything is allowed to me. Everything mm-hmm. is permissive, but not everything is going to benefit me. Right. That's you good. know, and yeah. I think that, um, for example, my dad, when he first came to Christ, he told me um, that God changed his life so much that he had a, a, a group of friends that were really close to him mm-hmm. that he wanted them to be saved because they were like his brothers to him. Wow. Right. So, you know what he I did? Feel that. You know, what he did. He went to a bar one day with them. Yeah. And started drinking with them and everything to try and just bring the gospel to them. Trying yeah. to be like them to bring the gospel. But trying he, to find common ground. Trying to find <laughs> common ground. But what happened to him is that he ended up falling. Yeah. You know? And I think that's the thing. It's like, if you start realizing you're becoming like them, yes. pull back. Yeah, it's a red flag. It's a red flag. Yeah. You know, we are supposed to bring light into the world. Yeah. But sometimes we mistaken ourselves and we want to be God in people's situations. Right. And yes. it's like, we're meant to be the light of the world. Right. But we are not God we're, to change yes. someone. Yes. You know, yeah. like the Bible says, I knock at the door. Jesus said, I knock at the door. If you yeah. want to open it, I will come in and dine with you. But if you don't want to open it, yeah. I'm not going to come in. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes I think a lot of us, we deal with people around us. Sometimes the people around us, they, they, a lot of, a lot of them affect our Christian walk. And yeah. it's not that we're going to live and walk a lonely life. Yeah. No. But I always say this. If following Jesus and keeping my salvation means that I can't hang around with everyone, then you know what? I prefer that. Right. Yeah. I prefer to make sure I'm living right with God and I'm yes. living at peace because I don't want to trade my peace. Yeah. You know, That's the peace priority. that God gave me. Yeah. Like, I know I, I want nothing or I won't allow anyone to take it away from me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's my my constant reminder in that is like now that I have a son, I'm very wary of like even who I bring around him. Right. So I need to make sure that if I am if I am leading my household in submission to God, I also need to lead my life mm-hmm. in submission to God right. to lead him into submission to right. God. He needs to ref- like he, he's going to be reflective of me because that's who's who, that's who's raising him yeah. and so even with me i need to kind of like always remind myself you know what god's purpose is who he wants me to surround right. myself with and all of that i mean because you touch base on your dad i had a close group of friends like that and it was so hard for me when i came to god we became distant and eventually yeah. we stopped speaking and a lot of these people they were my brothers and sisters they were always over at my house yeah. i mean they would just call their parents and be like all right we're staying at chaka's yeah. and like and that's it and it was hard because one of the one of the main things they got me through um like was my abortion and when i went through that they were there they were like hey wow. man we support you we're here for you and that was in uh we had just graduated wow. when um, high school we just graduated high school wow. i was like 18 a few weeks before my 19th birthday and when i came to god and a lot of my views changed because I, I I recognized just like what was written in this book of life. Yeah. I was like, I obviously my stance changed, but it obviously changed because but when I got my abortion, I I had no identity. I was lost completely. Um. And um when I got it, I was 18 years old, a few weeks short of my 19th birthday. Um and I, like I said earlier, I panicked. I was freaking out. I ran, made an appointment at a clinic, um, went with my ex. Well, at the time, we were together. Um, I went, and there were protesters outside. Wow. I went into the clinic, and it's not what people think, you know? It's, very, it's a very cold atmosphere. I paid for it out of pocket. And some of the things that I saw were just, I wouldn't wish on anybody. Wow yeah yeah and now that you bring that topic up um there's something that i've been talking about in proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 and 17 yeah um where the bible says that there's six things the lord hates seven are an abomination to him number one is a proud look number two it's a lying tongue and then number three it's hands that shed innocent blood yeah you know and i think that's something that um god really hates it's the shed of innocent blood which means abortion yeah you know and um have you going through that yeah. you know um what what can you say to the people that have maybe been through an abortion are planning to uh abort ha- planning to have one like what can you say to them and and our stance as christians and what we take you yeah. know yeah i mean i like i said i had so much lack of identity i if 
knowing what I know now, had I known it when I was 18, I would not have had an abortion. And I had, I just was so lost. And I remember that week feeling like this is what I had to do because I was young and, and this is going to be a, like a big stigma and in my family. And it was a lot of thinking about everyone else. And I didn't think enough about me. I didn't think enough about the life that I had within me. And I cried every single day leading up to the day I went to the clinic. Um, and this was before knowing God, before knowing, right. you know, what I know now, before having an encounter with God. Um, I just, I panicked and I, I went to the clinic. Um, I, you know, you go in, uh, or at least the clinic that I went to, it's, and it's very easily accessible. They, um, I think, I don't even remember if they asked me how old I was. I think I, I just kind of made the appointment and I went, um, initially they bring you into billing and how, how are you going to pay for this today? You know, it's, everything is very transactional. Everything is very go, go, go. You know, they don't ask you, how are you feeling today? Can we talk about it? Can we talk about it before you go, before you go into this? I wasn't, none of that happened. Um, and you know, when I went in, it, it was just kind of like I was a robot, like I was a body that was just like in a factory and like, OK, next. OK, next. Stamp, stamp, stamp. And that's what it felt like. So they bring me in. I did the billing and then I went into um, getting my like, I think, some blood work done or something. And then after that, that you, you get sat in a different rate or where I went, I sat in a different waiting room with now I'm not with like the people that are with their partners. And the atmosphere in there is so heavy and so tense. And now understanding the spiritual world, I, I understand it now. But at the time I was like, it just feels very tense. My heart was like racing the entire time. And I, I you know, they bring you in after they do your blood work. You're sitting in a waiting room waiting for them to call your name. Um, and you saw everything there. There were women there that were there for their sec second or third abortions. There were women. There was a woman that said like, oh, God, I got to go have a cigarette after this. Like, this is just like it was just very like passing to her. Like, I'm just I'm going to drive through. This is another girl that ran out crying and it looks like she may have not ended up getting an abortion. Um, and I look back, I always remember that girl because I wish that was me. My son would have been, my son or, or daughter would have been 10 years old now. And it's hard for me sometimes when I think about it, but then I, I, I remember that God redeemed me um, and healed me from that and forgave me. Um, but they, I, they call your name. I got called. Uh, I, Put in, I put on like a hospital gown um, and I just waited for the doctor. And then they said, come through here. I went into a room. They do a transvaginal ultrasound, which is like this long stick that they put in there to view your, your uterus to see how far along you are. Because depending on how far along is how they gauge what treatment you're able to get. So they said, OK, I was about five weeks, I believe they said. Um, and I'm usually regular, so I realized early on, like, I'm not getting my, I haven't gotten my period. I think I'm like a week late. And that's when I immediately, like, took a pregnancy test and all of that. Um, but, you know, long story short, they said, you can take the pill. You don't have to do the, the surgical way. And I was, I remember feeling so much fear when I heard surgical way, because I was like, I don't want to go through a surgery right now. And I remember seeing as I was waiting there, like waiting for my name to be called, I remember seeing women come out in a wheelchair and they were just drugged up. Like they looked like this, like they were just very out of it. And my heart was racing even more. I was like about to throw up. I was like, I don't want this to be me. And these women were like, so out of it, so drugged up and laying in these hospital rooms because after you do the surgical, you have to then get laid in a room with like 10 other women that just got it because it happens very quickly. Like they just, they go in there, do what they got to do and then you're out. And it's, it's, it's like, it was like that. It was just like a factory. And the, the doctor that came in to do my transvaginal ultrasound didn't care. He didn't ask me who I was. He didn't ask me what my name was. He just came in, shoved it where he needed to shove it, took it out. He was like, yeah, she can do this. Bye. Didn't, didn't give two F's about me at all. And um, I wish I had just been shown a little bit of love and compassion at that time. So if, if you are, if this is something you're thinking about, do you feel healed in yourself first right now? Because I truly believe that in that moment, my future son or daughter it wasn't their fault. It wasn't their fault that I decided to take the actions I did. And I went through it anyway. And I regret it till this day. It's very, very hard sometimes because I would have been a mom of two probably. And I remember when I found that I was pregnant with my son now, 
I was like, I can't. Um, I was brought back to that moment and it was so hard. And I said, I'm not giving up my son. I'm not doing it again. And I put my foot down and I'm a single mom. Do I struggle? Because it was in a period of time where I slid and I wasn't um, following my walk with God, but I don't regret having him. And I came to the Lord and I asked for forgiveness. And now I want to live my life firm, not just, oh, I slid and he'll take me back. It's not like that. Right. I slid and I need to face this every single day because now I have someone I need to live for. And I know what my life was without God. I don't want his life to be anywhere similar to mine, not knowing God. It's such a dark place. I have compassion for you and I don't know you and I have love for you and I don't know you. But I wish I, I wish with what I know now, I could have walked into that room or I could even walk in there now and just hug them right. and just try to be there for them and try, try to find some sort of healing within you first before you get into this cycle of how easy abortions are yeah. nowadays. Let's not face the actual problem because if you're a victim of rape, for example, and you get an abortion, you haven't faced the problem that rape is still going to follow you. Exactly. Just because you got an abortion doesn't mean you're healed yeah. and it's all okay. Right. And so, yeah. And yeah. I can really just feel like, uh, God's heart in this topic. Yeah. Because, um, the Bible says that, with Jeremiah, he told him, from your mother's womb, I knew you. Yes. From your mother's womb, I chose you. Yes. Right? And there's so many uh, prophets, pastors, yeah. leaders that are in the woman's womb that God has chosen. Yeah. And because of abortion, we've taken that route. Yeah. And I believe that's God's crying hard with America, with the world. You yeah. know, one of the statistics that yeah. I have here is that worldwide, an estimated of 42 million abortions occur each year. And in the yeah. United States, there are approximately 800, 862,320 abortions performed each year. And yeah. these are the ones that we know of that are registered. Right. Because this is, it's, um, you're not. They're not these institutions are not required to legally report it. Right. They don't have to. They they report this voluntarily. So obviously there are abortions that yeah. happen that are not reported and also abortions that happen illegally or happen under the table because some people can't afford it mm -hmm. that are not reported either. Yeah. And a lot of um you look at the abortion statistics in minority and mm -hmm. my like you know in Hispanic and black communities um and i'm pretty sure that all of those are not voluntarily reported right. because for the most part um there are poor communities like us yeah. our minority that um this affects yeah and there's i mean within the statistics that you even said i think there's a right. the statistic is like 2.3 abortions happen every minute so just in the time that we've been here it's how many, how many have happened wow yeah and then you know, i mentioned earlier like rape and incest because it's a very popular argument to say well what if it was rape and incest but that doesn't account for the biggest percentage of abortions right. i think some depending on where you're checking your statistics some are like half a percent to one percent wow. are because of rape. Yeah. And then at most seven percent. Yeah. But about 93 to 99 percent of abortions happen because of social reasons, yeah. not because of rape or incest. Yeah. yeah. And um, as, as a guy. Yeah. Speaking about this, um, a lot of people and a lot of women are against when men talk about this because they're like, you yeah. would never know, you know, especially with the women's movement happening. It's like, it's my body. It's my choice. I do with what I want. You're a man. You can't decide on this, you know. So when I talk about this, I think I come in a point of view where what God says about this. Right. You know, yeah. um, and it's not in a judgmental way. No, but I believe that um, the same way with Cain and Abel. Yeah. When Cain killed his brother, um, Abel. The Bible says God says that his blood, he heard the blood of, of him crying out. Yeah. You know, and it's like there's the blood of all these innocent babies that are crying out. Yeah. You know, and there and we got to follow what the word of God says, you know, because people now nowadays believe that just because, you know, the the babies in the stomach, what's it called? The uh, embryo, the fetus. embryo, the fetus yeah. that it's a fetus. It's not a baby. It's not yeah. a, it's not a real human yet. It's, yeah. it's nothing. And it's like 
there's a heartbeat in there. Yeah. It's, and it, it happens around five to six weeks. You start hearing a heartbeat. Yeah. Very like, early. No. And it's like, no matter what stage, how many weeks you're in. Yeah. That there is life in there. That's it's living. It yeah. is no matter because it's it, sometimes the argument is like um, it's not a living thing, but it is. Those cells are alive yeah. because they're starting to form. They're starting to come together yeah. to form this human baby. Yeah. And it's coming from cells that are alive because once cells start dying, yeah. you have like necrotic tissue, you have necrosis, all yeah. of this. That's dead. But these are living cells. Yeah. And I like when I started posting after I came to God about being pro-life it did not receive obviously very popular comments, not. especially from my close group of, yeah. they're not, we're not, we're not friends anymore. But like at the time it was hurtful because they were like, well, you got an abortion. So how can you say right. this? I got it at a time where I was uninformed, uninformed, uninformed spiritually, yeah. uninformed, like uh, just at a place where I, I had no identity. I was not loved mm -hmm. the way that I truly understand yeah. love to be now. Um, and now I am more informed yeah. and now I just, I, you know, and, and, I was able to come and heal from it because I was welcomed by a group of like you that saw me and saw me through it and loved me through it. Right. And I was able to see God through you guys mm -hmm. and be like, wow, I can, yeah. God can heal me and I can, I can be forgiven yeah. for this. Yeah. And you know, I want to say to people that maybe are watching me right now that, um, maybe you're pregnant right now. Yeah. Maybe you've had thoughts of getting an abortion. Um, don't do it. Call on to God. Ask yes. God to heal your heart. Yes. You know, because, and I believe what's going on in America with the whole race issue, this whole abortion issue, yeah. so many things are happening in America. It's not a race issue, nor it's it a abortion issue. It's a yeah. sin issue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's really what we're dealing with. It's sin. And yeah. we got to call on God. God yeah. to heal our hearts. Yeah. God to heal our lives. You know, and... And have the fear of God, I believe, in these moments that we're living. Have the fear of God in the decisions we make, you know, because yeah. what if what if someone would have boarded us? We wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. You know, God, yeah. everything God makes and God creates is with a purpose. Absolutely. Everything in life has a, pur a yeah. purpose, whether from smallest to biggest. Yeah. I mean, there's there's celebrities with stories of how they were uh, a product of rape. Yeah. Um, and you see them now and they're doing wondrous yeah. things like amazing mm -hmm. things because their parent in that moment yeah. realized it's not your fault that this happened and it's not i also want to point out it's not just that we're talking about the embryo because if you have experienced rape if you have experienced involuntary sexual contact as mm -hmm. i have it is not your fault it is not your fault that that happened to you that should never have happened to mm -hmm. you and I just want to say that you were also important in this. You were also loved in this. Yes. And I'm sorry if you're watching this and that happened to you. I'm sorry that that happened. And I wish I could just reach through the screen and hug you and pray for you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that it happened. It's definitely, it's absolutely not your fault. Yes. Amen. And yeah, I don't, it's not in God's heart for abortions yeah. to be happening. Yeah. It's not. Um, it's not the will of God for it to happen. Yeah. You know, um, like you said, one or 2% of it, it's because of yeah. rape yeah, and whatnot. And the other is, um, and I, before we started the podcast, you even mentioned that usually the first, the, the person who does it once already is most likely. Yes. There is a statistic that if you have received a previous abortion, mm -hmm. you're 47% more likely to get another one. I mean, I've known people that have had six abortions, wow. six. Yeah. And at some point you have to ask yourself, did you, did you not care about the second, third, fourth, yeah. fifth time? Yeah. I mean, and at that point it's not even like, where can I help? Yeah. Sometimes I'm just there like, can I please help? And mm -hmm. in what way? I want to listen to you. I want to be there for you. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of these arguments come at a point where people may not even know mm -hmm. what goes on be behind closed doors. I mean, I mm -hmm. had a conversation of, about this with another friend of mine outside of here. And I was like, it's very big to say my body, my choice when you're very uninformed as to what happens behind closed doors, because it's a it's a five hundred million dollar industry. Yeah. I mean, the amount of money that goes into abortion each year, just abortion, not just Planned mm -hmm. Parenthood, but abortion itself. Mm -hmm. It is a huge money market. Yeah. They don't 
care about you. As long as they are funded and their money is coming right. in, they do not care. Yeah. And this is greed. And I know it firsthand because not one person even put a hand on my shoulder or gave me a hug to say, I'm sorry that you're yeah. going through this. Because even though you're getting an abortion, that doesn't mean you're a cold person. It doesn't mean you're like, oh, whatever. No, you're a lot of people in the statistics, it says that you're anxious, you feel guilty, you go through depression, you go through it before, you go through it after. Yeah. Even after my kid, I went through postpartum depression and it was very, very difficult. But God got me through it. There Thank go. God. I mean, I was lost in that moment, but God healed me and God picked me up and it was a hard transition yeah. back, but I made it back. Yeah. And some of these procedures, it's not as easy. I took the pill. Um, because I was just very terrified at the at the word surgical. Right. Um, but some of these procedures really depends on how far along you are. If you're in, if you are like from certain weeks to certain weeks, you can take the pill. Like I, I think mm -hmm. the cutoff is like five or six weeks. And then after that, you go through things like um, I have it here pulled up. You go through things like dilation and extraction, DNX. Um, uh, depending on how far along you are, di dilation and evacuation, and this is up to 24 weeks. Dilation and extraction is 20 to full term. And what they basically do, um, if you're not up to full term, and I apologize, but this has to be graphically described. Yeah. Um, with the dilation and evacuation, when you're between 13 to 24 weeks, it says in this procedure, the cervix must be opened wider um, then in the first trimester, this is done by inserting numerous rods to basically open up your cervix mm -hmm. so that they can get closer to. And what they do is um, once it's stretched open, they um, pull the fetus, the, the fetal parts out with forceps. Um, the mm -hmm. fetus's skull is crushed to ease the removal, but they insert like a catheter to start to evacuate those pieces. So in some procedures, they'll insert... Um, uh, like a plastic tube in there and the force of the suction will pull the fetal parts apart and then suction it out and then in other parts they locate the legs of like for example 20 weeks to full term and mm -hmm. mind you from 20 weeks to full term you're feeling pain yeah from this point they um locate on a sonogram the legs of the fetus bring it closer take mm -hmm. a scissor cut the the skull or the for the, the head open of the baby and then wow. and then insert um a suction catheter to start removing the brain and then once they remove the brain the skull basically crushes in on itself wow. and you start to remove the rest of the baby some of this information isn't isn't talked about yeah. it's very easy to say my body my choice right. i was there i was that person not anymore i mean i went through it i'm now informed yeah. medically speaking i'm informed mm but also spiritually. And it's heartbreaking, the yeah. thought that you could see that on a video and not feel yeah. anything. Yeah. And um, one of the reasons why I wanted to even talk about this was because a couple of weeks ago, not too long ago, I saw a video, I believe it was on Instagram or TikTok, where um, a person just got an abortion and the doctors were playing with the... The body parts. The body the parts of the abortion that had just happened, of the loss of the child. And it's like... There's so there's so much corruption in that industry, like you said. Yeah. It's such a you know. It's a huge it, money market. It's a huge money market, is. like you said. With what happened in your situation, doctors are not caring about you. All they care about is the money. You know, they don't care about your mental health health no. afterwards, nor nor right. before. It's not like anybody. When I got my abortion, not one person reached back out and said, "Hey, can How we you help doing? you psychologically? Yeah. Can we help you?" Yeah. Absolutely not. It's yeah. just you go in, you get it done by. Yeah. Because that's that's it's that cold. Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, it's not a surprise because the corruption of this world is just getting more corrupt and corrupt. But I yeah. think that there's need to be a people who stand up. Yes. You know, and even if you're not pro-life. Yeah. Really. Before you type a comment on this video, before you say something, just really examine your heart. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people speak sometimes from a point of pain and a person who speaks yeah. from a point of hurt will always just speak hurt. Yeah. You know, yeah. like a person who is hurt is always going to speak hurt. So it's like, really, what does the Bible say about this? What are people really going through yeah. with this? You know, a lot of people that I've spoken about years later, they regret what happened, you know, and to close out, you know, I really just want to pray for people. Yeah. And, you know, really call them back to God. Amen. And the people who are watching me, maybe you are a believer, maybe you are walking in the things of God, but maybe you've been stumbling. Yeah. You know? 
this is this is a race in which we need to walk and we need yeah. to walk it with God. Without him, we cannot walk this race. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to see maybe I don't know if you had anything else to say. And if not, maybe we just start praying for maybe people yeah. that are watching us. Yeah. Well, to segue mm -hmm. out of this, mm -hmm. can I pray for some of these yeah. women, mm -hmm. like specifically women, because yeah. it's a it's a woman issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, no, there's nothing else I'd like to okay. say. Yeah. Let's I, pray. Yeah. Pray for any woman that could be watching us that yeah. went through an abortion, is pregnant, maybe thinking about an abortion. Yeah. Father, right now in this moment, I speak to that woman that is watching me. Lord, I pray that right now, heaven's presence may descend around her, Father. I pray that her atmosphere in this moment may be surrounded, Lord, with your love, Lord. That that atmosphere may be impregnated with identity. Lord, may you call her by her name right now, Jessica, Courtney. Oh my God, there's like so many names. Come, Melissa, Melanie. Um, Lord, may you reach into their hearts right now, Father. Primarily first into their hearts, Lord, because you've called them to be these strong, independent women, Father. Lord, I pray that whatever rape, whatever incest, whatever involuntary actions outside of what they could have controlled has come into their life, Father. I pray that you would bring healing into their life right now, Father. I pray that you would bring that guilt out of them right now in Jesus' mighty name, Father, that you may remind them that it is not their fault, Lord, that you created them that you saw them in their in their mother's womb father when you pulled them into this world with a purpose and a call woman valiosa and valiente i see you right now God has a purpose for you. He is calling you out of where you are and he has taken you this far because you have a purpose to pull other women out behind you. So Father, right now, I cover them in the blood of Jesus, Father. I declare, my God, that as they are watching this video, my God, that that baby is saved, that they are safe right now, Father, because you have an assignment over that child as well, Father God. You will see the gifts of that child I'm speaking to you, woman, right now. You will see the gifts of your child, your son or your daughter. You will see it and you will remember this prayer. You will remember the purpose that God has called you for and the purpose that they are calling your child for. You are loved. You are loved and you are chosen. You are powerful. You will get through this. God, I activate warrior angels to surround them right now. As they, as they meditate with you, Holy Spirit, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for their lives, for their purpose, for their call, for how beautiful they are, for how, be for how beautiful you have created them to be, Father. I thank you, and I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I believe the presence of God is here. Um, I wanted to pray for all those uh, men, women who heard Francesca's testimony, and they're dealing with depression, um, maybe, you know, you've been cutting yourself as an escape of pain. You want to numb yourself. Maybe you're taking pills. Maybe there's someone's watching me that is about to just maybe commit suicide. Maybe you're in the things of God, but you're struggling. The Bible says that God chose things despised by the world. Things counted as nothing at all and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. You know, God calls the rejects. Yeah. God calls those <laughs> that the world, um, that even sometimes the church puts away. Yeah. You know, God calls the lesbian. God calls the homosexual. God calls the drug addict. God calls whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever mud you feel like you're in, God is calling you right there where you Amen. are. You know, if you're battling in your walk with God, I pray yes. strength over you. Amen. I pray that his presence lifts you up right now. I pray that every person that could be watching me right now, that God's presence fills your room, fills yeah. your car, fills your job, wherever you're watching us right now, God's presence fills your life right now and that you encounter his everlasting love, his love that transforms, Amen. his love that changes, his love that accepts you, even when you think you've been at your lowest, even when you think you've been rejected, even the moments you've thought that your mom and your dad have left you, haven't loved you. God is your true father. Amen. God loves you with an everlasting love. He Amen. is your father. He loves you. And he wants to pour out his love right there where you are. Yes. So I pray his love, his presence reaches you right now. Yes. Allow God to, and Jesus to really come into your life like never before. Accept him in your life in this moment. Yes. 
If you're struggling with God, if you're struggling to come into this walk, all you got to do is just surrender. Surrender. Mm -hmm. Like an eagle. We know the eagles, they don't fly on their own. They take, they allow that the wind takes them. That's all you got to do is just surrender and allow God's wind to take you in your life. So I bless your life. Don't give up. Yes. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't think that this is it. This is the last chance. No. God is telling you in this day, pick it all up again. Amen. Pick it up. It's not in your strength. It's in my strength. Yes. Give it to God. And I promise you, things are going to start changing in your life. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So this was awesome. Yeah. You know, this was awesome. Um, Glory to God. I think Praise God, God definitely spoke to people. I want to thank you for, yeah. for being on this podcast for, you know, Praise God. Um, I'm just a kid who's believing in God in something. It's same. You know, I'm just standing on a word from God. And, and, and I thank you for just joining me, for believing in this podcast, for believing in my life. Yeah. You know, and I believe that we're going to hear testimonies of yeah. the people got touched in this podcast. Amen. You know, so um, any last words you want to say to the people watching? <laughs> no, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. You know, thanks to God that we're able to be here. Yes. Praise God and and all the glory be to God for everything that was spoken today and for the lives that were saved through this. Amen. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> Thank you everyone who watched, who tunes in. If you're watching us through YouTube, uh, don't forget to just subscribe, leave a comment, leave a like, uh, turn on the bell notifications share, just so share, share it, it with someone that yeah. might be needing to hear this. <laughs> you know. Um, and if you're watching, if you're listening to us through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, share it with someone, leave it a rating and yeah. let's spread the gospel. Let's spread yeah, the good news. Let's like just by you sharing this video to someone, you're winning souls just yes. by sharing this video. You're spreading yeah. God's love and the gospel. And yeah. that's why we're doing what we're doing yeah. to spread the gospel. So love you guys. Thank you. And stay tuned for the next episode. God bless you guys.